You're listening to True Heart. Amy and Scott Mallon dive deep with celebrities, mavericks, visionaries, and real-life heroes to find out what sets their souls on fire. Here's Amy and Scott. We're back, everyone. We hope you had an amazing holiday season. Happy, Happy New, New Year. Year. Yeah. It's- 2022 let's it. make it a great one it's our season two season premiere two, of season two we made it premiere. through season one that's right and um if you love the show which we really hope you do please go subscribe wherever podcasts are found you can always tune in to see our beautiful faces and the beautiful faces of our amazing guests on youtube for the full experience and don't forget to um leave us a great review and a five-star rating we would really appreciate it and today's episode is, is couldn't think of a better guest to uh, kick off season two uh, than our good friend Elliot Yamin, who uh, was uh, crushed it on American Idol and has gone on to have a really successful music career. And but more importantly, is just an incredible human and has incredible stories and things to say about American Idol and his time since American Idol. So it's really been a fascinating interview. Yes, so we hope you love it, and uh, let's get into it with Elliot. Today's episode is the soulful one, and we're so excited to welcome our good friend Elliot Yamin to the show. Elliot sang his way into the hearts of America on season five of the hit television show, American Idol, finishing in third place in one of the closest outcomes in Idol history, where less than 1% separated the votes of all top three contestants. His debut album hit number three on the Billboard album chart and was the highest debuting album by an independent artist in SoundScan history. The self-titled disc achieved gold status in the US and Japan and yielded the platinum hit, Wait For You. Elliot has released three follow-up albums, which are a collection of emotive originals highlighted by his soulful and evocative voice. Elliot continues to tour domestically and internationally, which have also included three trips to Africa as a spokesman for the Malaria No More Foundation. Elliot donates his time and talent to support a variety of charities, relief groups, and peace organizations. Having been diagnosed with type 1 diabetes at the age of 15, he has worked tirelessly as an activist and spokesman for the American Diabetes Association and the Juvenile Diabetes Research Foundation to help create awareness and raise money for research. So let's check out our chat with Elliot. Happy New Year, Elliot. We are reunited and it feels so good, my friends. Reunited and it feels so good. All our listeners are so lucky because I was about to sing that and then Elliot did it. That that would have been horrifying, baby. We would have lost all our viewers in one, but five seconds into the show. So I have to ask you. I'm now responsible for saving the entire entity. (laughs) Oh, I'm sorry. I didn't tell you that up front. Yes, you are. You have broad shoulders. That's that's your responsibility, my friend. (laughs) Yeah. Well, let's talk about your music because that is one of your biggest gifts. So. I grew up watching Star Search, you know, in the 80s. And obviously, so many amazing, talented performers came from that show, you know, Beyonce and Justin Timberlake and Christina Aguilera and Britney Spears and many others. And American Idol um, was in that same vein, launching so many careers. So what were the biggest lessons that you learned from your time on Idol? Oh, well, I think first and foremost... Um, 
what I realized was most was what a gift my voice is. Um, I think because it's something I've always been able to naturally do and I haven't really had to, let's say, learn it or work that hard to, uh, to, uh, to hone it. Um, I sort of took it for granted growing up and, uh, it was just something I could always do and do well. So that being said, it took me going onto that show and sharing it and understanding and to, to have a better understanding of how much my voice can change the world, uh, in the smallest way possible. Right. Um, and so that was the biggest eye opening thing for me was to realize I could really touch people in so many different ways, um, just by doing something that I've always done my whole life. Um, so that, that I think was first and foremost. And, uh, yeah, it was just, it was. Your voice is obviously like unbelievable. I mean, I remember I watched that season and, uh, uh, it, it, I was like blown away, blown away by your performances and your voice. It's just like, Honey, can I say the word honey? You can. Because it's like there's something about it that's just so it's so full of soul and it just like flows so beautifully. I mean, it's, it's a little like mine, but, you know, mostly mostly yours. Mostly mine. Yeah. OK, I'll take that. <laughs> well, I think, look, there are so many people that have beautiful voices in the world. But I think why I love yours, Elliot, is your tone is so unique yeah. and special. Yeah. I don't know anyone else that sounds like you. So, you know, when we listen to your music and rock out to it at home, you know, there's no doubt that it's an Elliot Yamin song when your music comes on. You know, there there's other songs that you can play. And if you haven't listened to the record in a while, you might be like, wait a minute, who's singing that? And certain artists kind of start to sound the same. But your your tone is so unique and special. It's it's True. one of those like one in a billion voices. True. I don't think they'll they'll ever uh, be another you in music. It's true. Yeah, and you, it's a hundred percent true because there's so many popular mm -hmm. like really talented singers, but they do all sound very very similar. You're like I don't know who that is, but you, your one of your songs comes on. There's no, it's instantaneous. That is one of a kind voice, and it's spectacular. So. Ah, oh, thanks, you guys. You're making me blush over here. <laughs> true, though. It's I, I true. Will this, I will say this, though. You know, one of the things I learned that was really important for me, because I didn't really have, I had little to almost zero experience in performing um, and performing in front of audiences. Aside from the occasional drunken karaoke, that was really the extent of my <laughs> experience, right? So um, also what I, uh, a major tool that I learned is, I always say this, like anyone who can sing, or who has a voice and can sing, can sing. But there's a major difference between just singing in the shower or in your car, or even for your friends and family, um, than uh, uh, as opposed to singing for an audience or singing on a record and really learning how to perform what you're singing. Um, and that was something that I had to learn from scratch. And I owe all, all of my, um, all of my skills that I've, I've learned as far as like how to command the stage and emote and, um, and really sing, uh, make, make that connection. Uh, right. Cause that's really what it's all about. Make that connection with the listener. 
I I had to learn. I had to learn that on the fly. And um, I, I'm forever grateful for that sort of boot camp experience that we all, all of us, you know, got on American Idol. I, you know, obviously everyone had their own level of experience, right? But I was one of those that just had none. So um, I was a sponge. I learned so much. And, um, and yeah, I mean, I think naturally just because of the life that I've had, um, which hasn't been, you know, particularly easy, but it hasn't been that bad and that hard either. Life is hard in general, right? But I think yeah. all of that kind of comes out naturally when I sing, um, singing whatever. But there's a major difference between singing and then performing. And so I really had to learn how to do that on American Idol if I wanted to stick around for a while. And so, um, yeah, and I, I, I wouldn't have really known how to do that without being a part of that wonderful show you know that's really amazing because uh I, I didn't know that i mean obviously we're friends and i've known you for a long time but i actually didn't know that the, the bravery that that takes to go on a national like one of the top shows in the world and kind of be like i know i can sing but i don't know all of these other skills that go along with it and be willing to make mistakes and learn it on the fly in a high pressure cooker situation like that that's extraordinary and not only did you have to learn that but then you went all the way to the end which says that you did it you were actually super successful on learning how to do that because and, and that's just to me i just want to say that's that's incredible i wouldn't i could never do that that's amazing yeah i would have told you that i could never do that either in fact i said that i would say that constantly to my friends who would try to force me to go, to go do it. You know, um, like, I can't do that. That's not, I, I don't, I don't know what I'm doing out here. I just sing at parties and when you guys make me, you know, like, um, I don't, I don't have that kind of, kind of experience. So yeah, that's, that's what amazes me the most about that whole, that whole experience was the fact that I like hang out, like held on long enough to make it to the end. And, um, and yeah, there were a lot of mistakes, trust me, but I was old enough to, to have had developed thick enough skin to where, you know, you just got to let it, you got to let it roll off. You got to make lemonade, right? Like that's another thing I learned was how to roll with mistakes. I mean, people, even the most experienced top charting selling artists in the world still forget lyrics and, or muffle, a. a, a a song here and there and they just keep on rolling with it and most of the time people don't even you know people on the other side in the audience don't even realize it but you just you can't let that affect your performance um you know it's just so cliche but the show always must go on so uh, that's another thing another tool that i've learned that i learned you know being on the show like in real time which was insane <laughs> yeah. yeah it's um it's amazing what that show pulled off, taking people who didn't have the experience of performing under the bright lights and in front of thousands of people, you know, live in a room and uh, turning them into superstars. And your season obviously was so competitive because, you know, you had you and and Taylor and Catherine and Ace and, and Chris Daughtry. I mean, it was an unbelievable group of talent that came out of that show and just launched so many incredible careers um off of your season who do you still keep in touch with and 
what do you think have been some of like the highest highs um, of your of your friends from the show? I mean, well, yeah. So I still keep in touch with Taylor and Chris every now and again. Um, Catherine McPhee, uh, Paris Hill, uh, Paris Hill, Paris Bennett, <laughs> um, Paris's mom, uh, Missy, uh, Bucky Covington. We still keep in touch. Ace, I still keep in touch with. Ace's brother, um, I probably keep in touch with more just because he's local and lives here in LA. But um, yeah, we're all we're all pretty we're all pretty tight um, still to this day, even though we all live in different parts of the country. Um, that's just an eternal fraternity, you know. That we'll we'll always be able to share that connection and that um, that likeness, you know. That um, we all we all went through that machine together and came out on the other side. All right. And a lot of us did more than all right. Um, so I think, yeah, I mean, to speak to everyone's, everyone's individual successes post American Idol season five, is just a testament to not just the eyes and the ears that the show has for finding talent, but for honing the talent and for, um, and, and for the talent in general that, that I got to, you know, I got to sort of uh, uh, also learn from. I mean, I, I have to tell you, like, it's it's just I know I keep harking, like, like keep coming back to this, but it was just it really was like a, a like going to music school. You know, for me at least. Um, you know, you had guys like Taylor Hicks and Chris Daughtry, and they've been, you know, they've been playing shows, touring making records, uh, gigging around the country for years prior to being on the show. So they had a lot of experience and they, they knew what they were doing. I, again, did not. <laughs> <laughs> but I also learned, I mean, not only was the show really good at, at taking our, you know, our sort of our weaknesses, so to speak, and working on them, but um, just, I learned so much from my, uh, you know, my peers on the show uh Paris like Paris was like she was like 15 to 16 year old kid but she grew up in a musical family so she she had no fear she knew exactly what she was doing I learned from her um how to how to you know how to how to um per perform in on, in on a stage in front of an audience um she was so calm and cool and I mean you could just you know she was so uh, experienced and wise beyond her years. Um, but you know, guys like Taylor, Taylor was just a master performer. He still is. Uh, so is Chris and, uh, Catherine, uh, McPhee. She also grew up in a musical family. So they, they brought all that experience to, to my experience. And I also soaked all that up too. And I learned from them individually too. So, um, I, I couldn't have, I couldn't have been with a better group of artists to, to learn from and to, um, you know, to inspire me to, to keep going and, and to step my game up, you know, and, and that's how it was, you know, every, every week we were just performing um, sort of against our last performance, trying to one up ourselves, so to speak. Um, we weren't competing against each other. We were kind of competing against our last performances and what could we do better? You know, it's just like, you know, Scott and I, we always talk sports and we're big sports enthusiasts, enthusiasts, and, um, and it's just, it's, I, you know, I, I kind of liken it to, to being on a, on a, you know, on a, on a sports team. It's like, 
um, you go back, you watch the tape, you watch the film, you see what, what, what could I have done better here with the mic? Why, why was I taking hands out of your pocket? Okay, take the mic off the stand. Where are you going to, your movements here and there? I had to learn all of that stuff. And every week, you know, I kept learning more and more and, and um, specifically what not to do on stage. <laughs> But it was great. It was great. And and uh, I don't know where I'd be today without, you know, forget about the 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 exposure the show gave me, but just the tool, the toolage, you know, the the tool, the the tools and the resources that uh, that I got for free, by the way, uh, you know, from American Idol. Well, I think one of the things that endeared people to you when they were watching your journey on the show was that you had this natural ability, this, you know, God given gift but you were rough around the edges and you were learning how to perform while we were all watching. And I think that's what made you a fan favorite. You know, people were rooting for you because week after week, we saw immense growth. Like you were taking those notes. It was obvious you were watching the tape back and learning and incorporating, you know, the judges suggestions. And by that final performance, it was like, holy shit, this guy is a superstar. And to see where you started with just like the raw talent and being a diamond in the rough and then where you ended up to then have this successful career, it was like, you know, this amazing like masterclass in college education that you got while the world was watching. It was absolutely incredible. Also, also that you're just so authentic, you know, you didn't put on any airs about trying to pretend like you knew what you were doing like you were authentically yourself and you were humble and i think that that's a beautiful story that people like hooked into as well like because they already loved your voice but i mean i do remember like you get these like kind of comments sometimes they were like you know whoever they whichever judge simon or whatever and you'd be like okay okay and you'd work on it next week but it's crazy like you telling me this stuff about you know the mic stand and this and that and to have to remember the lyrics, sing everything on key, you know, do your thing with all the lights and then worry about like details that most people like me wouldn't even realize unless it was like a total mess up. Yeah. Like, that is crazy in front of millions of people that kind of, like I said, pressure cooker. I just feel like, man, I mean, obviously you're lucky that you got to go through that experience, but we were also as fans lucky because we got to see people who otherwise we might never have seen before yeah. and get to see them now go off and have careers that, you know, everyone on the show deserved to have, but might not have had that, uh, that ability to do it without it. So it's really sure. kind of a beautiful thing. Yeah. Yeah, it really was. And I don't want to sell myself short here. I did work, I did work really hard, um, to, um, you know, to try and, uh, learn as much as I could and apply it to, you know, apply it to my performances. Um, so that, that being said, I mean, I, you know, up until that point, I, I that stuff I would have never thought about, you know what I mean? I, I really had those opportunities to even think about that. Um, you know, where am I walking during this, during this line that I'm seeing? Where am I, which way am I looking? How am I going to hold the mic? Is it going to be on the stand? Am I going to hold it? Am I going to, at what point in the song am I going to take the mic off? You know, these are all things that, um, that you think about and try to, um, perfect before you actually hit the stage, you know, and, and, and now it's just second nature, right? It's just sort of a, it just kind of comes with the act, you know, but, um, but yeah, I mean, 
yeah, and that, and that, and that part was really, like I said, just learning everything in front of <laughs> millions of people. It was very, very Truman Show esque, if you will. Um, but it was real and it was raw, and um, and yeah, I'm, I'm just just forever grateful for it. I mean, most people don't know this, but, who don't know you, but we know you, and we know that you are the exact same person in real life that you were on the stage. Like you weren't putting on any airs. You were just super humble and authentic. And for me, that's, that's what those are the kinds of people I want to like, you know, support because right. I hate the cheesy kind of like, Oh, I'm, you know, so cool and whatever. And you can just see it coming a mile away and it's slimy. You're authentic. You're real. And your voice complements that because your voice is so authentic and soulful. So I think that's why, you know, your music is so great because it's the whole package. You know, now, like you say, like you you put in those that work. You did things that most people would never dream of having the confidence, the bravery to get up in front of millions of people and do. You got this amazing experience on American Idol. You crushed it. Uh, you learned some amazing things. You already had the amazing voice. You've toured the world. You've put out four incredible albums. So what's what's next? What's next is uh, this year, I'm really going to dedicate time. Uh, I would say more time, but just time in general to getting more creative, getting back to creativity. Um, I've already uh, sort of, started to get back there and I've recorded a couple of um, a couple of tunes uh, for a, a couple of different jazz artists. Um, I've got a couple of feature records coming out sometime later this year. Um, but I really want to get back to writing, uh, co-writing and co-creating some new music for myself and for anyone else who wants to, who would listen. <laughs> so that's a, that's a goal of mine this year to, um, to get back. It's been a little, been a little tough. Time is is has never been more precious um, since I've become a dad. So, but she's getting uh, you know she's getting a little older and and uh, she's getting a little older now and uh, a little more self sufficient and um, that's enabling uh, both Karen and I to you know to uh, to pursue some of our own personal, uh, work stuff, uh, easier, you know? <laughs> Absolutely. We know we've been there. Yeah. yeah. And how has becoming a dad, Elliot, changed your life and your, your view of the world? Wow. Oof. Um, in such a positive way, I'll tell you that, um, it has really, uh, just, uh, it's really made me more accountable and responsible. Um, I've never really been much of a planner per se. Um, I've always sort of flown by the seat of my pants and I've always had, you know, one foot out the door ready to, ready to travel anywhere I can to, to, uh, to, to share my gift and play shows. And, um, now I've, I've, uh, I've, I've definitely become more responsible and uh, life is just so much more rewarding now. Um, having this little human that you're responsible for um, has really, uh, has really made, made life worth, worthwhile, <laughs> you know? Mm -hmm. 
This Saves Lives is a ridiculously delicious food brand that gives back. Every single purchase sends life-saving food to a child in need. Co-founders Kristen Bell, Ryan Devlin, Todd Grinnell, and Ravi Patel launched This Saves Lives with a simple motto, buy a bar, feed a child, we eat together. Now with more than just bars, their products contain premium ingredients and are non-GMO, gluten-free, and kosher dairy. Their unique line of kids' products all contain one full serving of fruits and vegetables and are safe for school. To buy their ridiculously delicious snacks, head on over to thissaveslives.com. Are you still wiping your butt with all that toilet paper you hoarded last year? How's that going for you? Let me introduce you to a new way to clean after you handle your business. Meet Hello Tushy. Tushy is the modern bidet that easily clips to any toilet and installs in just 10 minutes. Starting at just $99, Tushy sprays a precise stream of clean water and washes away all of that literal crap that toilet paper leaves behind. Upgrade your bathroom experience by going to hellotushy, T-U-S-H-Y dot com. That's hellotushy.com. Tushy saves the environment and reduces your carbon butt print. Tushy saves you money on toilet paper, and Tushy saves your butt. Go to HelloTushy, that's T-U-S-H-Y dot com. Stop wiping, start washing with Tushy. For over a decade, lifestyle brand Half United has been using fashion to feed people all over the world. To break the cycle of generational poverty, the community provides gainful employment to local artisans and vulnerable communities who create their handmade and sustainable products. For every Half United product purchase, seven meals are given to a child in need. Half United has donated over one million meals to date. Shop their beautiful jewelry, tees, handbags, and home accessories at halfunited.com and help fight global hunger. Say ciao to tradition and hello to your new favorite plant-based Italian bistro in Los Angeles, Brothers Meatballs. Brothers Meatballs was founded by brothers and food industry veterans Mauro and Sergio Corbia, who hail from the Isle of Sardinia, Italy. When they joined forces with second-generation Italian chef Mark Middleman, their self-proclaimed brother from another mother, the concept for Brothers Meatballs was born. Moro was the founder and creator of Moro's Cafe inside Fred Siegel, a long-standing LA hotspot. Dissatisfied with the amount of plant-based dining options, reminiscent of the home-cooked meals their mother once made, the brothers were determined to create a menu so delicious it would appeal to herbivores and omnivores alike. Inspired by the food mama so lovingly prepared for Sunday suppers, these meatballs are a modern take on a family classic. All menu items are 100% plant-based and made with mama's secret ingredient, love. Angelinos can order lunch and dinner Wednesday through Sunday at brothersmeatballs.com. I wanted to mention that um, it's funny because I think we even had this conversation before, uh, you know, you you went down this road of being a dad. And I think I mentioned like, you know, you, it's just you can tell the difference in energy between a guy who's a dad and a guy who's not a dad. And it's like dad energy or whatever. But you just you go through something. I think it's really where you become a man, you know, because before then life is just about you and you are the center of your universe and whatever you want to do, you do. And then all of a sudden when you have a child, it's like, oh, my God, like I have to I have to put. I have to put those things not aside because you can still pursue the, your dreams, 
but you just know that that heavy responsibility of taking care of someone else that means more to you than your own life. And there's just no way you can tell someone that you have to go through it. You have to just see your own child, look at you uh, with those eyes and then be like, okay, okay. I'm not the most important thing in the universe anymore. And that's, I think where you really grow and become a, a, a full fledged adult. Yeah, energy or lack thereof for a few few years, right? Um, But no, dude, dude, like, okay, so (laughs) I know it's never too late to have a bar mitzvah. Um, And I I never had one. I studied for it, but I never actually um, followed through and had my bar mitzvah. So uh, as as we know, bar mitzvahs or bat mitzvahs when a boy becomes a man. Uh, a, a girl becomes a woman in the Jewish faith, right? And yeah. and uh, I feel like I've sort of made up for not having a bar mitzvah now that I've uh, become a, a father because it really does make a man out of you, you know, and, and uh, in so many ways. And yeah, I I've only had to think about myself, and um, and I I never really had to, I never really put that much stock in, in, in the future and, and what the future, uh, held for me personally. Um, I've just always been sort of those, um, I've always been really easy, uh, really, uh, how do I say this? Uh, uh, just free, just sort of live pretty free, you know, Yeah. we all have similar worries about our futures and, but I never let that really worry me as much. And now I, I worry about it in a great way, uh, just because, I want to make sure that I can make her future the most secure it can be, uh, as long as I can help it. And uh, and I, obviously that includes our her parents too. So um, so yeah, you just you just you know, and you're right. You can't. There's no way to simulate that. Um, and it's it's hard to describe to people who aren't parents because um, there's no other way to sort of. I don't know if there's another way to get those kind of feels uh, until you look in your own, your own child's eyes, like you said, and you really start seeing the world through, through them. And I know it sounds so cliche, but it's, and in a selfish way, I, I sort of like, I get to sort of like relive my life. Like I get to see the kind of like, I kind of like get to do it over. Yeah. I appreciate the small mistakes we take for granted. And it's a beautiful thing. Because I wouldn't walk down the street and think, that's a beautiful tree. That's a great smelling flower. Um, look at those rocks. <laughs> you know what I mean? And, uh, and every day we, uh, we do that. And it's, it's beautiful. That's awesome. I love that. Because it's true. That's how our kids see the world. Everything is magical and beautiful and special because they don't have all this baggage and, you know, the shitty things that have happened to all of us in our lives because we've been here a few decades. Like they get to experience like all that wonder for the first time. And you're right. Getting to do it with them is so amazing and, and so, so special. Um, and, and, I, I love how it's transformed you. Obviously, like, you know, we've been friends with you for, I think now, like 13, 14 years. And 
you were always like a beautiful human with a massive heart and this capacity to love and a great friend. But I can just see, I think, more how you're intentional in your life now that you're a dad. And and I think it probably makes you a better musician too, because I feel like now the music comes from more of a, a pure place, right? Because as a parent, I read something beautiful that really touched me, which is that when you become a parent, it's like you break off a piece of your heart and it's just walking around in the world outside your body, right? So you're always trying to protect your, your little mini heart. And so now it's like when you sing, every song is is like also from her because your your love of her is like your love of the world. It's It's now coming through in your music and that just makes it like such a deeper, richer, more beautiful well, experience. And, and also when you think about any art, whether it's writing or uh, music or painting, whatever it is, uh, it's it comes from a place of your experience, right? The more depth of experience you have. And I think that's why, you know, you had said like you didn't have the greatest, you know, life and, you know, had hard times and and but that typically for an artist comes through their art and makes their art, you know, they have more to say because it hasn't just been like, you know, lollipops and rainbows. And so, you know, I think, you know, we have a limited amount of time on this planet, you know, we're lucky to be alive, but the depth of the human connections that you have friends, family, whatever, that will, that will be the judgment of the amount of meaning that you have in your life. And there is no greater connection you will ever have than to your own children. I mean, Amy and I love each other and, you know, we're soulmates and we love each other, but it's different with a child. It just is. The connection that you have with them is so special. And so I'm just trying to say, I'm so happy for you. And I know there's like long nights and it's not always easy (laughs) and it's hard. Um, But it's worth it. The truest statement I ever heard about parenthood is, you know, long days, short years, because some of these days you feel like they'll never end. And then you wake <laughs> up and they're like, Maxwell's you know, 10. And you're like, yeah. what? But yeah. uh, but it's just, I think it's such a beautiful thing for you as a person. And I, I agree with Amy 100%. I could see it really translating into your music because you just, you have more to say now. You have more depth um, as a human being because it's just what happens when you become a parent. Yeah, uh, yeah, definitely agree with that. I mean, I, I haven't, like I said, I haven't written, I haven't written music in a couple of years now, but I just got back to performing um, in the middle of August and I played a bunch of shows since then, um, which I'm so grateful for to be back out performing again. And yeah, I, I, I can feel it. I can feel it, feel a difference myself. Just when I hit the stage and perform, um, I'm always thinking of her. Um, I'm always thinking about how I'm representing her as well. Um, and, and yeah, she just makes everything better. Like, especially the connective tissue that you speak of, like all the connective tissue in in my life has, has gotten even stronger because of her, um, and our bond and, uh, yeah, man, all the feels, I mean, it's true. Every cliche you've heard. So, you know, all of them, I, you know, the number one thing I heard when Karen was pregnant was, uh, oh, they grow so thick. They grow so fast, <laughs> and it really is true. And that's another thing you really can't understand until you you're doing it. And um, 
and like you said, those long nights and days and those tough times and tantrums and uh, and just all the things that sort of come come with that um, can, can tend to run together. And before you know it, it's like, okay, she just grew a couple inches. Where did my baby go? So it's like, you know, you really you really learn how to take a step back and appreciate all that's around you, you know? Absolutely. And speaking of appreciating everything, you also do so much for so many amazing organizations that are on the front lines providing critical aid where it's needed most. And you always turn up and donate your time and your talent. I mean, you've sang at, I don't know how many of our events over the last decade, dozens and dozens, and have done such a beautiful job in helping us raise money for great causes. So let's chat for a moment about um, your incredible trip to Africa with Idol Gives Back and Malaria No More. What did that experience mean to you? Wow, that talk about an eye-opening experience. Um, it meant that it meant that I uh, it, it made me feel like an a hole <laughs> first and foremost because. You know, they, you know, the term survivor's guilt, you know, you come back from a place like that and you really sort of start to feel if you have a beating heart guilty about all your possessions and the things you worry about day to day and the material things that you attain throughout your life because, um, not because, not because the people that we met over there have so little, um, but they were so happy and didn't know any better. And we're just, their spirits were so alive. And um, um, so, yeah, that, uh, I, I went twice, actually. I went, the first time I went with, um, I went with Fantasia. Um, and that just, that trip just blew my mind. I mean, we met amazing people over there who were doing some amazing things for so many underprivileged communities and villages in Angola. Um, but while we were there, we, we met this incredible nun named Sister Dominguez, who, uh, who was running an orphanage for displaced children, children who had lost parents from the wars, um, from famine, uh, from things that we just don't have to even think about here in, in the States. Uh, and she made such an indelible impression on, on me and our crew that was there. I thought, well, why, you know, they, they had a, they, she runs, she runs an orphanage over there, but the orphanage was like halfway built, right? There were these stairs and just stairs that was supposed to lead to an upstairs in the building that they were in, but they couldn't. They couldn't finish, they didn't have enough money to finish construction on the on the property. So the stairs were just there uh, with, with no connection. And so I thought, why can't we help them finish this school? I'm sure it would cost peanuts to us. Um, so long story short, we we ExxonMobil was a big sponsor of, of that show, um, the Idol Gives Back show. And um, we went over there with some of those reps from there. And I mean, they had more money than Oprah and God put together. Right. So <laughs> um, I just thought, well, well you, you know, 
you never know until you ask. And I've got no shame in asking for help. And I just thought, why not ask them to help underwrite this project and help them help them finish this the build out of the school? And they they happily obliged. And then a couple of years later, I went. I got to go back to Angola with Cara uh, Cara DeGuardi, um, and we got to uh, sort of re-grand open the school that they had finished building with the uh, with the money that they got from. Uh, I, not only Idol gives back from the donations, but a little help from ExxonMobil. And uh, we got to go back and see the finished product, which was amazing. That's incredible, Elliot. Um, I never knew that you were instrumental in helping the school finish uh, being built and that you asked for that corporate support. That's an amazing story and how beautiful that you got to go back and see the kids getting to learn at, at this amazing school that, that must've felt so good in your heart to experience that. Yeah, it really did. It, it was, um, you know, it just, it was just another sort of affirming moment for me, you know, personally to know that again, just it all ties back to, to what a gift, this life is and what a gift my voice is in, in so many, so many other ways outside of just singing and performing and writing music. Um, all of the opportunities I've had, um, not like not specific music related that have come from my experience on American Idol um, has been really important to me. Um, you know, it gave me a platform to talk about type one diabetes. I've, I've been living with type one diabetes now for 28 years. Um, and uh, I just made a conscious, uh, a, a, you know, a real conscious effort to try and talk about it when I could on the show, um, just to know that, hey, like, you know, I thought when I was diagnosed at 15 and a half that I wasn't gonna be able to live a full life and, uh, you know, reach my goals and my dreams. and and the opposite was true. And I just thought, okay, if one person can be touched by this or get inspired who, uh, who, have who has diabetes, um, specifically type one, then, uh, and they could see someone like me just doing what they're doing, maybe that'll inspire someone else. So um, I've been really lucky to, you know, again, just really lucky to, um, to to use my platform in such positive ways to um to help create change positive change and um that's always been really important to me and again i learned that all from being on the show i mean um you know it it did so much more for me than just give me a career uh it was it was so many more there were so many more positives that came out of that whole experience and you know i'm in you know, I'm in gratitude. I, I'm in knee deep in gratitude for the rest of my life for, um, you know, for all these, all those opportunities that, that that experience created for me and, and so many others. So, um, yeah, here I am still doing it, still trying to hang on. <laughs> and uh, to show you the depths of your commitment to a good cause it was 2010, you were stuck in Chile after the earthquake. 
and you were scheduled to perform at our Oscar party for um, foster kids. And you literally just made it back like two hours before the party to LA and you still showed up and performed after living through this harrowing experience. And we were like, this is the epitome of class, of professionalism, of somebody who truly cares. Like you still showed up and you put on an amazing show. And it's like, that's who you are. Like, I mean, people just have to know, like, that's, that's the type of human you are. Like you came back from a natural disaster and you still showed up for the kids and you gave a full on like incredible show. Dude, I would have never remembered that unless you just brought that up because that was such a whirlwind experience. And that was such a blur, like everything that happened, like shortly after it was sort of a blur. Cause I was still, I came back from Chile with like, serious PTSD. Yeah. Um, yeah. I was, I was stuck in Chile. Uh, well, I was there for a week performing at a festival. And then on the last night of the festival, we had an 8.8 .8 earthquake that damaged the hotel that we were staying in. So subsequently we were stuck there for a full other week because the airport was really damaged and they couldn't get any flights out. So I was there for two full weeks. Um, and I came home just for lack of a better shook. Uh, yeah. So I, I don't, I, I remember that now that you bring that up, but I totally forgot about that. I forgot that. Uh, yeah. I, I, we, you had, you guys had that event that I was scheduled to perform at and somehow still made it. Yeah. And do you remember you talked to my friend from ABC news and you were literally like giving on the ground reporting yeah. of what was going on in Chile. <laughs> and then I was making calls trying to get like, a private plane to, you know, bring you and anyone else who was stranded home because we were concerned obviously with, um, you know, the insulin that, that you needed potentially running out while you were there. And so we we're like, Oh my God, we need Elliot to get back here. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. That was the scariest part. Cause, um, I always, for any kind of road trip, whether it's a, just a day or a night or a few days, I always pack extra insulin and extra diabetic supplies for unforeseen events. Yeah. Not necessarily for an 8.8 .8 earthquake that could get you <laughs> stuck for a whole week. So yeah, I started scrambling towards uh, the middle of the middle of the week there. Really worried that I wasn't going to be able to, I'm in this foreign country. I don't speak the language. I don't know how, um, I don't know. I don't know how, uh, I don't know how they deal with diabetes over here and, and how am I going to get the supplies I need for my specific insulin pump that I wear and things like that. So that was a bit nerve wracking. And, um, yeah, no, I remember, I remember all the, like, I got so much help from so many friends while I was there trying to help out. Um, and, uh, yeah, I mean, luckily, luckily it all worked out. I, I, I got to meet, I met up with a, with a Medtronic rep, shout out to Medtronic who, uh, <laughs> <laughs> who makes my, <laughs> my insulin pump. And I got some more supplies while I was there and I was able to, was able to, uh, to rest a little easier. <laughs> um, but yeah, well, what a trip that was. <laughs> so final question, E, that we ask everybody, um, what do you want your legacy to be? Well, first of all, I, I think, well, you know, my music will always be a part of it. It'll, cause it, it, it'll be out there forever. Um, so that's pretty special in itself. Like I got to create something from nothing and here it is out in the world and it ain't going anywhere. Uh, so that's pretty cool. 
But outside of that, more importantly, I think I just want people to know that when they think of me and speak of me, that I was a good dude and I did things the right way. Um, try to at least. Uh, we all have our flaws and our faults and we make mistakes and I try to own up to them, be accountable when I can. And uh, But it's real simple. I think I just want my legacy to be what a good guy. What a good guy that dude was. Thank you so much, Elliot. Uh, what a great guest. Uh, it's just an amazing human and we so talented. We love you, Elliot. Hope anyone Woo. who's watching will go listen to some of Elliot's music because it is, it's so beautiful. And now that you've gotten to know him, if you didn't already, uh, you're going to become a huge fan. Yes, check out Elliot's music on Spotify or on iTunes. It is soulful. It is beautiful. Um, you're gonna, you're gonna love it. I promise you, you will be an instant fan. And um, thank you so much, Elliot, for the authenticity and the vulnerability that you shared on the show uh, today. You're just a beautiful, soulful human being, and we love you very much. And keep it locked here. You know, don't touch that dial or that internet, because um, we're going to be back next week with another amazing show. And, and don't forget uh, to leave us a five-star rating if you love the show, and subscribe to us. Uh, we're on YouTube as well if you want to see us and our guests. Uh, or you can just listen in wherever podcasts are available. See you next week.